This episode of Santa Cruz Local is sponsored by UC Santa Cruz. UC Santa Cruz tells its story every other week in its Story Cruise podcast. Listen to conversations about UC Santa Cruz news, research, breakthroughs, people, and events. Find Story Cruise on Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play. This episode is also sponsored by the Coastal Watershed Council. The Coastal Watershed Council works to transform the lower San Lorenzo River into a community destination. They inspire youth and families to explore, enhance, and protect the river. Visit coastal-watershed.org to discover how to visit and volunteer. I'm Kara Myberg-Guzman. This is Santa Cruz Local. In today's episode, we'll meet the four candidates for Scotts Valley City Council. We'll press them on the concerns we heard from you. Since May, Santa Cruz Local has interviewed and surveyed more than 400 Santa Cruz County residents. We went to farmers markets, neighborhood groups, food bank distributions, and we held meetups online. We wanted to understand residents' priorities. In July, I met Latha Amajuri at the Scotts Valley Farmers Market. Well, I'm a software She's an engineer at Oracle. So I'm one of the lucky few who can work from home, and I'm very grateful for that. So. She was with her daughters. She's a registered voter. I asked Latha, what do you want Scotts Valley City Council candidates to talk about as they compete for your vote? Well, obviously, the COVID situation. Yeah. I mean, that's the first thing that pops to mind. But I have two school-going kids. So how um, the budget cuts are going to play out, especially when schools need more resources, not less, and how, how it's going to just impact us in years to come, not just this fall. But, you know, if we, if we manage to make it to school, is it, A, is it going to be safe? Are we going to get the funding for all the extra resources? And does that mean that there's going to be future cuts? So that's one of the biggest issues for me. The Scotts Valley City Council does not directly fund public schools, but there are ways the council can support schools. You'll hear from the candidates on this. Elizabeth Weeks is another one of the roughly 50 Scotts Valley residents that we heard from. She's an accountant and a registered voter. I asked her what she wanted the city council candidates to talk about. Definitely schools. Uh, my daughter's in first grade, going into first grade, so there definitely needs to be more public funding for the schools um, and after-school care. Um, also, affordable housing in Scotts Valley. The median price is 900000 and, you know, that's just not feasible in today's world. So, affordable housing and public funding for schools. What, uh, what's an appropriate place for development in Scotts Valley? Well, that's a good question. Um, you know, I feel like there's still a lot of land left in Scotts Valley to develop, but I think just, again, more affordable housing for people. You know, not everybody can afford a $6,000 mortgage living in Scotts Valley with little resources. In August, Santa Cruz Local held an online meeting with Scotts Valley residents. We hosted it with leaders from My Scotts Valley magazine and the Local Voices Network. That's a journalism and community conversation program based in New York. Jeffrey Hill came. He's a 32-year resident of Scotts Valley, and he's a registered voter. He said Scotts Valley is going through a lot of changes. There's been an awful lot of housing built. Uh, The economics have changed. Um, It's a lot more expensive to to buy things here than it used to be. And, And one of the things we're running out of, we're running out of space. Um, we're we're pretty close to to build out. I mean, yeah, there's room to, especially if we do multifamily housing, to put several hundred more housing units in town. But that's about it. And so we have to stop and think about what that means for the town and where we're gonna where we're gonna go. Um, I've been on an online survey panel for many years. A lot of these surveys will say, how would you describe your community, urban, suburban, or rural? When I moved here, I would have said rural every time. And even up to about 10 years ago, I think I would have said rural. Now, every time I say suburban. 
Uh, I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. I, this, this feels much more like a suburb than it used to. Today, we'll ask the candidates about five themes from our interviews. Housing, supporting local businesses, stabilizing the city budget, school funding, and policing. All right, let's meet the Scotts Valley City Council candidates. They are John Lewis, Donna Lind, Jack Dillis, and Randy Johnson. All but John Lewis are already on the Scotts Valley City Council. Voters get to pick three of the four candidates. I asked the candidates to introduce themselves. And what's one fun thing they like to do in Scotts Valley? Here's challenger John Lewis. My name is John Lewis. I'm 41 years old. Um, I am a systems engineer by trade, and I'm taking time off to focus on raising my son. Um, Seeing as how I'm new to Scotts Valley, uh, you know, walking around and exploring the town and seeing all the, the beauty um, in, in the forest and the trees and uh, getting to know what Scotts Valley is all about um, is, is you know, really interesting to me. My name is Donna Lynn and I am 70 years old this year and I'm, um, you know, very active in the community. I love to work out, to, to jog, to walk. Uh, I play golf and just pretty much any outdoors activities um, are things I love. Donna Lind was first elected to the council in 2008. She's now running for her fourth four-year term. Scotts Valley City Council does not have term limits. Well, I'm Jack Dillis. I'm running for Scotts Valley City Council, of course, and I'm 68 years old. Um, and the thing I'd love to do the most is ride my bicycle. Um, I love the bicycle around Scotts Valley and, and around the county. That's, that's a big, big deal for me. And my occupation, uh, my career was in government finance. I was finance director for a number of cities, Scotts Valley, Santa Cruz, and Morgan Hill. I worked in county government and in also for state government. I'm currently a, a city council member in my first term. Uh, in Scotts Valley, and I'm also a part-time uh, consultant in government finance. Uh, my name is Randy Johnson. I'm the mayor of Scotts Valley. Uh, I'm 68 years old. I'm running for city council in Scotts Valley. My occupation is I'm uh, an insurance agent. I uh, have been for over 30 years. So. And one of the things I like to do for fun is uh, golf with uh, my family. Randy Johnson was first elected to the council in 1996. He served for 24 years. Okay, now for the people's questions. Some residents are concerned about the pace of Scotts Valley's recent development. They love Scotts Valley's small town rural feel and they say their community is changing fast. What's your vision for Scotts Valley's growth? John Lewis. We need to focus on what we can do to retain the businesses that grow up here, as well as building new opportunities for residents to live and continue to be residents here in Scotts Valley. I'm a big fan of, of mixed use developments, you know, um, business on the ground floor, residential up above. Um, it, it helps with density. It gives people like a, a walking experience where they can, you know, step right out of, of, of their home and walk to the businesses and places of recreation that they want to frequent. Um, and it is a great quality of life to not have to depend on a car to get everywhere you need to go. And Scotts Valley has a number of development opportunities where we could employ this type of development, um, whether it be you know, retail or office space um, and residential living, whether it be you know, uh, condos or apartments, or you know, even single family attached homes. I, I definitely think that we need to look at what we can do to grow business as, and residents together to meet the demands of the future. And I also think we need to figure out what business is gonna look like in a post COVID world, because we're also gonna need to be able to have you know, more drive-throughs, more open air access for businesses. Um, I really wanna say that this is all gonna wrap up and be done and we're gonna go back to life like it was before, but there's also the possibility that, that this could sadly be the new normal and we need to figure out how we can enable businesses in, in what the world is, is actually is. I'm Donna Lynn, and having been here 52 years, I understand, I remember when we rode horses down, you know, Scottsway Drive, Mount Hermon, 
and it's always hard to see us grow. However, there are property rights that um, if a property is zoned for development or housing, we don't really have, you know, the ability to deny someone just, you know, because many of us would like to keep that, that undeveloped small town. We have um, the ability to turn down zoning changes, which we did. We've um, turned down, just recently voted against one at a visa because of the uh, development that was proposed, and that would be a zone change. And there's been another development that we had voted against. But if a property is zoned for housing, then we don't have the right to say no. If it were in my control, I would love to see, you know, the original idea that we had for a town center where there was um, retail and, and parkways and, you know, little cafes, shops with some housing above it. Uh, that, you know, that was my dream for the town center that could connect what we call the Kmart Shopping Center in Kings Village and still leave parklands and still leave a good portion of the park but have retail so that people who live in the area could get the, the things they need. When Kmart closed, I have people saying, I have nowhere to get those essentials. So we didn't have a lot, but that was a loss felt by San Lorenzo Valley and Bonnie Dune, the summit. Even people past Temple Carbonero Estate said they'd rather drive to Scotts Valley rather than deal with traffic going into Capitola. So my, Ideal would love to see an area that we'd have a gathering place and shopping and retail uh, Not big box, you know, but something unique Someone mentioned Santana Row and, and that's not exactly it But that general idea on a smaller scale more Scotts Valley would be my dream Donna Lind mentioned the town center It's a development plan years in the making for the area near the Scotts Valley library and the old Kmart it calls for denser housing, shops, restaurants, and a town green. Most of the plan has been slow to develop under the last few city councils. Here's Jack Dillis, same question. What's your vision for growth? Well, my vision is one of balance. Um, I really also value a small town feel or character for Scotts Valley. That's part of why I moved here with my family 26 years ago. So the balance I'm speaking of is keeping Scotts Valley, a small town, uh, and we may define that different ways, but a small town uh, that's comfortable and isn't overgrown, but also balance that with a certain level of growth. A, a certain amount of growth is healthy. We need to grow to stay, to, to have a viable um, economy and environment. Um, but I want to keep that in, in, in check. And so uh, I see this as a balance of, of small town allowing some growth, but being uh, deliberate and about what we do, planning it well, and when we, when we have development, that ideally it pays its way, pays for the infrastructure that needs to go with the, uh, with the development. Um, at the same time, we don't have control over a lot of growth. Uh, the state more and more is taking over. Uh, we don't have local control in a lot of cases. The state is mandating that we do, um, that we grow. Um, and that, uh, of course, developers, owners of property have the right to develop their property in the way that it's zoned. We get into discussions uh, when somebody, when a developer wants to rezone the property. But uh, in, in terms of if they're staying with the zoning, they have the right to build. You said it's necessary that the city have some growth. Where and how would you like to see that growth? I'm personally a fan of not building large, dense uh, projects. Um, I would, I, to me, that's different than the character of Scotts Valley. So I'd like to, again to try and keep it as a smaller community. So the, the, the kind of housing I favor, um, I'm a fan of expanding the inclusionary uh, area. Inclusionary is, means that uh, Scotts Valley, like many cities, allows, uh, requires developers, if they put in a housing project, to build 15% of those uh, homes as affordable. And uh, there are formulas about what's affordable uh, for folks, but basically you, you have less income than, than uh, tied to the, the median income. Um, and right now, our affordable housing areas just are in two corridors, the Scotts Valley Drive Corridor and the Mount Hermon Road Corridor. I'd like to expand that to the city limits. Um, and so uh, that doesn't necessarily mean uh, 
uh, you know, this area or that area, it's saying that wherever projects go in, we need some affordable housing because there really is a problem uh, for young people in particular, but any of us to be able to um, acquire homes. Uh, the other area that I really want to explore is to encourage uh, accessory dwelling units or ADUs. We don't really have very many. We're now getting four to six requests a year. The state has recently, again, uh, passed laws that, that um, means cities can put less restrictions on ADUs that uh, folks, it's easier to, to build them now. Nonetheless, I think it's, it's something that doesn't overwhelm the city, that fits into the character of neighborhoods. And I personally think for those that can afford it, it's a good investment for property owners. Randy Johnson, what's your vision for Scotts Valley's growth? Thank you for that question in terms of growth. It's been, a, I think, an age-old question that people uh, in our city have always asked. When I first got on the council, we actually had horses walking up and down Scotts Valley Drive before it got fixed. I did go a long way in terms of fixing Scotts Valley Drive, and, and horses have the presence of horses have, have diminished, and so has uh, the... Uh, look of Scotts Valley to a large degree, become more modern, but at the same time, keeping that small town character has been very, very important. I think we've done that. Uh, on the one hand, having a diverse uh, housing element is extremely important, not only for uh, the people that live here, of course, but also for the ones who might be teachers or, or policemen or firemen. We're trying to get a, a kind of a presence in our city to do their work and jobs, but if they are aced out as far as affordability of housing is concerned, then that's really gonna affect our ability to have a full-fledged, vibrant community. Can you sort of paint the picture for me more? Like what, what kind of Scotts Valley would you like to see? Sure, so you know, our general plan uh, probably 25 years ago called for probably 16 to 18,000 people. Uh, quite, a, quite a bit more than the 12 that we have right now. Um, that has been diminished because I think uh, it reflects uh, a vision that the person who asked this question shares, I think, with most of the city council. Um, and with respect to the types of housing, you know, having a few more apartments for people to be able to fill those jobs that are needed. Because if, if you can't get in and live in a place, then pretty soon our, the, the effectiveness of our teachers and schools will, will be diminished. And we have to make sure that we have a balanced housing. And it has been moderate. I mean, over the last 20 years, um, you kind of, it, there have been ebbs and flows. Uh, in the three or four years, uh, the last three or four years, I think you've seen uh, some uh, developments that kind of, you might look at and say that causes some concern. But at the same time, we're also looking to have a balanced housing element. Scotts Valley residents have told us they want innovative approaches to support local businesses, especially during the pandemic. What more can the city council do to support small local businesses? This is John Lewis, Scotts Valley City Council. Um, I think we need to enable businesses to do um, uh, more work in open air. I definitely think that if we can permit businesses to temporarily move their operations out of doors um, or find new businesses that, that are outdoor uh, operations that we need to focus on that um, very much in the near term. That's Donna Lind and I've been uh, working with the chamber for 15 years. We also, our economic development committee has been really working hard. We're all working directly with our local businesses and we have been thinking outside the box and um, uh, we enabled outdoors, uh, you know, seating for, for dining and uh, businesses, you know, really quickly in this process. I think part of it's going to be um, continuing to work and be, you know, I've been out there visiting many of the businesses face to face, um, actually passing on information. Not everyone's on social media, so I'm making sure putting phone calls in. Um, and I'm, you know, I, everything I can think of, I'm doing now. So. And I think the other thing is, um, I've always been someone that's been very approachable. So if someone comes up with an idea, I'm open to hearing it. And I think, I think that it's gonna be really important for us to be out there marketing and supporting them as we pull out of the pandemic to get you know, shoppers to come back in and help them find all the resources 
Well, this is Jack Dillis, um, again, for Scottsville City Council. Um, I want to continue doing some of the things we're doing. Uh, for instance, uh, restaurants, eating outdoors. Scotts Valley is, uh, we like to go out to eat like most, most people in most cities do. Um, and I think there's a real uh, demand for, for restaurants. Um, uh, and most of that focus has been more along the Mount Hermon uh, road corridor. I'd like to see some more of that on the Scotts Valley Drive corridor, really both. Uh, and so Scotts Valley, like many other cities, uh, with the COVID restrictions and, and impacts, we want to keep our restaurants going. So one way of helping them and meeting the demand that, that of our community to, to go out to restaurants is to allow outdoor restaurants, uh, outdoor seating. So I'd like to continue that. I'd like to do something more permanent, um, and I'd like to do it um, again along Scotts Valley Drive. Um, and up to this point, it's been you know things like parking lots or the area adjacent to a restaurant, the outdoors. I think there's even a place for expanding that to perhaps uh, on weekends, uh, allowing restaurants to get into the uh, the the lanes out the outside lanes on Scotts Valley Drive in front of commercial buildings. Randy Johnson. Well, I think, you know, one of the things you have to do is um, pivot as, uh, in, in the way that, is, that businesses have had to pivot. And I think just being an advocate during this time of uncertainty has been, has been and will be a very, very important commodity. You know, I serve on a mayor's conference, which we did every week for the first uh, I would say 16 weeks of, of this uh, pandemic. And one of the things I did was fight for businesses who were being kind of uh, almost coerced to follow rules and regulations that many business owners did not feel that were um, uh, fair. Salons and restaurants and so forth. Uh, uh, there was a move that actually happened one time that we pushed back on of um, closing our parks. And, and the city manager and I said, no, that is not fair for Scotts Valley because our numbers are quite a bit lower than the other countywide. So um, we're not going to segment out Scotts Valley for that because we're part of a county. But at the same time, you have to be an advocate. Next question. Several Scotts Valley voters said they were concerned about the city's budget. They said they voted for Measure Z in March. That was the three-quarter cent sales tax increase. City voters approved it. City leaders said it would address the city's fiscal emergency. But then COVID pushed back any progress. What are your plans to increase city revenue? John Lewis for City Council. I think we should partner with local businesses and uh, businesses that are interested in opening up shop here in Scotts Valley to figure out how we can cater to them and invite them into our city. Um, we have a couple of, of prime vacant um, storefronts uh, in the old Kmart building, as well as just vacancies in the area. And I think we should act be actively reaching out um, to existing successful businesses and asking them if they'd be interested in opening up shop here and asking them what they would need from the city um, and what kind of permitting they would need so we could enable them to do business here. Man, if, if we could find a way of supporting local residents here in Scotts Valley to, you know, follow their dreams and open up their own local business, um, whether it be through, you know, one-time tax incentives for new businesses or, um, you know, working with property owners um, to trying to find uh, broker um, rents that are affordable by residents looking to start up a passion business or a lifestyle business. And then seeing if that grows into the next zero motorcycles or, um, oh gosh, I forgot the name of the helmet company right here. Uh, the bicycle accessories company that we have Giro. I'm totally getting busted on it. Um, uh, Giro, but, Bel Giro. Yep. Bel Giro. I, I definitely think that we need to figure out what those companies, what their deciding factor was when they started their businesses here and then figure out how to amplify that. You know, we need to figure out what our successes are and we need to talk to the people that are the successes of Scotts Valley and say, what is it about this community that allowed you to propel yourselves forward and grow? And we need to find those things and we need to amplify them. Donna Lind, what are your plans to increase city revenue? We're right now going to have to continue keeping um, a really close eye on the budget and conserving everywhere we can until our business can return. And when that happens, it's gonna be important for all of us to market them, support them, really um, push shop local, which we're doing on KSEO radio, 
and um, and through social media and, and my Scotts Valley. We've been doing outreach and trying to uh, market our city as, as being business friendly, and we've brought businesses uh, into Scotts Valley. I mean, even working with, say, UCSC, um, bringing their admin, even though that doesn't generate the taxes that, that, that other retail, but uh, they do shop here, and you have that 500 employees that move here, eat dinners and shop here, and if there's someone looking at relocating or want to expand, making sure we're doing outreach fat, you know, quickly and streamlining as much as we can any red tape to get them here and filling these vacant retail, uh, working with our theater. Um, sadly, we had just done a contract with the, the, the community theater plan for that's got a contract in the other part of the library. And of course, COVID you know, pushed that back, but we just signed it to be able to bring in performances you know, um, professional but local plays and things that now maybe are going outside the city to do their performances or unable to do anything. Um, that is one of the ways I think we were thinking creatively. Jack Dillis, what are your plans to increase city revenue? Well, the, the, the things that are there besides new revenues, and we always do that as a last resort, uh, we, we look at everything else and, and really the three ways to balance your budget are to raise new revenues, to cut costs, and economic development. And economic development has been a tough one for us. We've certainly done some good things. Uh, we've had major employers leave. Uh, we've been uh, trying to get town center off the ground. It has not happened, the commercial uh, retail part of town center. Um, and so those are the, so we've been struggling with economic development. We're not giving up on that. We're still charging away trying to find um, a project or plan that would help us there. Um, in the, but we don't have that as we speak. Uh, we don't think we can cut costs anymore. I mean, if we absolutely have to, we would, but we know it would decimate the city uh, because we have people right now wearing several hats. You know, all the, you walk in the city hall and it's, it's empty. You hardly see anybody. Uh, and again, we're trying to keep our police department intact to keep the kind of community we want. Um, so the path out, it's, it's well, we got to get through this, this COVID. Uh, it looks like we're through the fire impacts, but we, we're, uh, we're still dealing with COVID. Um, so we don't know the, the full path out. Uh, one path would be if we could bounce back from this quickly, um, we, we'd be okay in the, in the, we still have to look at our long-term projections uh, and we, we manage those and monitor that. We want to make sure we're looking down the road and not just what's in front of us. Uh, I mentioned the 17% reserve is, is part of that. Um, so I guess it's, it's try and manage our finances to get out of that and incrementally look at that. And, and uh, um, I guess it's possible we'll ask the voters for another tax that is not in our plans. We had no plans to do that. Uh, if, we got that if we got to a certain place uh, and the, we thought the community would support it, as they've supported us in the past when we've asked when we really needed money, um, we, would, we would ask. Uh, we start, we've talked about um, doing another increase in the hotel tax, for instance. We want to make sure that we're competitive countywide with our tax rate, and we want to make sure that we work with our hotels because we value them. Uh, so we care about their livelihood because uh, we're in this as, as a uh, together as a partnership. Uh, but that is one area we might look at if we needed to. But again, we're not looking at any new tax right now. Randy Johnson, what are your plans to increase city revenue? It's kind of through the glass darkly in terms of what we know in terms of the future. Um, it's hard to know exactly just how pervasive and how long lasting COVID-19 will be. When the, when the iron is hot, namely when we have good um, results and the state loosens their requirements, that we are geared to help our hotels get be full, uh, engage with uh, uh, Santa, other Santa Cruz County entities that deal in tourism like we have, um, stay in touch with our businesses in a large degree to see how we can help. Because most of, you know, we get very little in property tax. Most of our, most of our uh, revenue has to come from sales tax and, and what they call TOT, which is transit occupancy tax. So we're, we're going to really make sure that our hotels are um, up to it, that our businesses to the largest degree are able to survive and pivot. Next, I asked about affordable housing. You'll hear the candidates talk about the city's inclusionary law. 
That law requires housing projects of six or more units to offer 15% of units to people with low incomes. The units have to be at affordable prices. And that law applies to part of the city, generally along Scotts Valley Drive and Mount Hermon Road. Okay, so my question. Many residents said they want housing that's affordable for people with low incomes. They want current residents to be able to keep living here. What's your plan to create more housing options for people with the lowest income? John Lewis for Scotts Valley City Council. Uh, so we currently have um, some requirements around um, affordable housing for new construction. And I definitely think we could expand those a little bit. Um, I want to say that we're about 10% right now, and we could probably go up to 15 or 20% on new developments. Um, but I think working with developers to uh, fast track development as much as reasonably possible while still maintaining you know, um, uh, code compliance and sanity uh, for infrastructure consumption um, is something we absolutely need to look at doing. Um, but I think building is really the answer. Like if, if we want to, you know, ensure that house values are within reach for people who want to live here, whether it be current residents or future residents, um, the supply is really the problem in the Bay Area. And given that there's not enough new supply being created to meet the, the demands of the highly educated, high earning people who live in the Bay Area, people with lower incomes get bitted out constantly. Um, and I lived in San Francisco for five or six years. And I don't know that rent control is, is the answer. Um, rent stabilization is, is a better option in my opinion, but I definitely think that supply is the number one problem that should be addressed. We also have another problem where we don't have a full-time employee working for Scotts Valley right now to do permitting. We're splitting one full-time employee with Capitola, and I've definitely heard people complaining that it takes a really long time to get permitting taken care of, and, and that's not a recipe for success. You know, if we're putting a bottleneck in, and we've, we've specifically chosen to cut this resource um, in favor of other spending, and I definitely think that getting enough staff on hand for evaluating code compliance and permitting is absolutely key in unlocking new development. Quick fact check. Scotts Valley's planning and building departments have four and a half employees total. That includes a full-time building permit technician. Taylor Bateman, the city's community development director, told me that they all spend time on permits he told me the departments are understaffed compared to what they used to be. Donna Lind. All of our projects have included the a 15% affordability component. We just, uh, you know, the Grove, the development along Highway 17, the former Sands Village property. I happen to know someone who had um, uh, been working uh, in a low-income business in Scott Valley that was able to qualify and bring her family, three children into a home, first time home buyer that was possible through that project. And we've been supporting Habitat Humanity. Um, and even in one of the projects, they, I think it was Polar Ranch, they put funds to um, a low uh, affordable income, affordable housing project on Scottsdale Drive that uh, is just been completed. So we're We've been including affordable housing aspect to all of our developments that have been proposed locally along the Mount Hermon Scottsdale Drive along our city core. Beyond the 15% inclusionary, do you have any proposals for increasing affordable housing stock in the city? I don't think there's anything specific um, that, but it is something that we've, you know, we've not lost sight of all along and, and continue to uh, consider and support. So it's any of the developments that have come forward, you know, that's that's immediately a discussion on how they can help us with that. Okay, um, this is Jack Dillis again for Scotts Valley City Council. Well, I mentioned before, just to revisit that, uh, encourage accessory dwelling units, um, which would increase the the amount of, uh, of housing and um, would be smaller units. Uh, some people call that affordability by design. I don't don't totally buy into that concept, but to me, just um, just having more units uh, would help us. Uh, and then I also mentioned um, the expanding the inclusionary area, and that would provide lower income, 15% uh, affordable units within the housing projects that get built citywide, if that comes to be. Um, and so uh, those are the 
those are uh, the the ideas I have about uh, affordability. Um, of course, I would encourage people that have extra bedrooms uh, to to rent out rooms. Uh, again, that it helps the supply. You know, a lot of folks, uh, my wife and I are included. We uh, we have a four bedroom home, um, and currently we've got a lot of activity going on. But I can see at some point uh, it might help us to have other people in the house, and will certainly help the um, the renters as well. We haven't built rental housing in quite a while. It's been all uh, purchased, you know, for sale housing. So I'm encouraged that there are projects we're seeing uh, proposed that would bring rental housing. And of course, the reason developers are proposing that now is because rents are so high that it's in their advantage. Nonetheless, uh, building more rental housing will help that supply and manage the, the cost of rental housing. Well, we, we have uh, a affordable housing element in virtually every project that moves forward. And again, this is Randy Johnson responding. And um, the, the other way of just having the mandate, which is required by, by law, um, which is a 15% uh, number on most developments, depending where they are in the city, um, is affordability by design. And sometimes that means smaller units. Um, you know, uh, right now I think the average uh, rent for a two bedroom in a place like really all throughout Santa Cruz County might be $2,500 to $3,000. But if you have studios and apartments, I think uh, would play a big role in this to make it affordable getting it down to the 1000 or 1200 or $1,500 a month so people can just get a toehold uh, and do, uh, um, you know, survive, you know, uh, I think is extremely important. So not only by, by what the law mandates, but affordability by design is key. I think we do need more apartments in this community uh, because there, there's a kind of a have and have nots. I mean, if you've been here for 25 years and you bought your house at $219,000 or something, and you've seen it grow to a million and more, um, it's excellent. It's excellent for you, but at the same time, you need a diversity and a fabric uh, and a tapestry in, in any community, Kara. And that's what uh, I think we're looking for in Scotts Valley. All the while trying to keep our small town character, which is a balance. Given that the city council does not fund education directly, how can the city council help ensure school funding and the health and safety of students, especially during the pandemic? John Lewis. I think bond measures are the answer here, and we don't have time to get one on the ballot immediately. And we don't have the general funds available to be able to pump money into education and education programs. And all of these things, but we absolutely need to stay focused on what we can do to give the people of Scotts Valley a choice to pay for the things they want through bond measures going forward, as well as supporting Prop 15 to bring a larger share of taxation into the city to grow the, the total revenue for the city. But that's more of a midterm plan. And immediately, it's, it's really tough to say without being in the thick of it, and, and uh, being a city council member, it's really hard to say what all those levels are or levers are that we can pull to, to drive um, education and, and children's programs forward. But they're a huge concern to me as, as a new parent. When you talk about a, 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 another bond measure, are you talking about something different than the Scotts Valley uh, School District's bond measure that's coming on the November 3rd? I have not read through that bond measure just yet. Okay. So I don't know exactly what that covers, so I don't feel confident in com commenting on what that's attempting to do. Measure A is a $49 million bond measure on the November 3rd ballot. It will go towards facilities upgrades in Scotts Valley Unified School District. It would mean a property tax of about $32 per $100,000 of assessed value. Donna Lind. How can the city council help ensure school funding and the health and safety of students? Well, we work closely. I mean, the, it's a separate district. We have no governmental authority over the school district and, and our budgets are separate, but we all supported Measure A and went out to support that measure to help fund school programs. And I know, uh, you know, we're all very active in fundraisers. I've been, you know, participated even 
doing push-ups for one of the school fundraisers. They, they auctioned me off to do push-ups. And, you know, just doing what we can for the fundraisers and to support them. We, the city also provided funds for uh, some turf up at the high school and for the uh, tennis courts because they can be used by the public. And it was a way for us to support schools, but still clearly uh, legally be sure that those city funds are going to an appropriate use. This is Jack Dillis again, the Scottsby City Council. Um, so COVID, uh, the, school, the school district is separate, as you, as you mentioned. Um, I know our schools, our public schools uh, are closed right now uh, and they are doing uh, all online instruction. There's a, a private school that's, uh, that just did open up in Scotts Valley and uh, the, our police were there on day one to help welcome the students and just make sure they got off uh, on, on the, right, uh, the right page. Uh, we, uh, the city has adopted a citywide uh, uh, ordinance to you know, levy fines, and that's our way of encouraging everyone, including students, to wear masks. Um, that said, it, it's, we're not really having a, a major problem as far as I can tell, but we wanna make sure people wear masks to stay, to stay safe. I'm sorry, the school is Baymont. That's our school that's opened up. Um, and so we're, we're being there as we can. The school district knows that we're there to, uh, to help. We usually have a, a school resource officer um, at the high school. Since the high school isn't open, the school resource officers are not there at this time. We also normally have a juvenile officer. Again, uh, that person isn't uh, is available as needed. Uh, but we're not doing anything actively with the with the students, other than just keeping an eye uh, close eye on the community and making sure that we don't have any uh, any problems um, stewing. Randy Johnson, how can the city council help ensure school funding and the health and safety of students, especially during the pandemic? Well, it's it, there is kind of a, a dilemma or dichotomy because on the one hand, there's a lot of economic uncertainty among our population. Um, and it pains us to say, hey, we, we need more money. There's, it's not the city, but any entity. We need more money because we need to do X, Y, and Z. But at the same time, uh, progress and needs don't all of a sudden just stop because there was a pandemic and um, there is economic uncertainty. There's a balance there. So it pains me to have to uh, would, it would pay me to have to ask for more money uh, on your property tax bill because nobody likes that. But at the same time, the needs are definitely there. Uh, both the infrastructure and the safety needs are extremely important. And, and that's what I think, uh, in, you know, at least getting behind that and letting people know the, those two sides of the conversation. I'm totally invested in our school district. All three of my kids went through it. I helped uh, worked very, very hard to get measures G and H, which is a, in 1994 to get our high school built. So, you know, just keeping an open avenue of communication with, with our uh, school district and our superintendent and, you know, trying to find out, uh, you know, how we can help. Um, and a lot of times that is just like working together. What does police reform mean to you? What would you push to change in local policing in your upcoming term? This is John Lewis for Scotts Valley City Council. Uh, the citizens of Scotts Valley seem to love the police force and, and love the work that is done here for public safety. Um, and to me, um, it's all about accountability. Um, you know, we want to support the police officers and we want to give them all the tools they need to get the work done that, that is provided um, by the community. But we need to make sure that the citizens feel that the police are being held, held accountable um, for what happens in the name of the community and possibly like a citizen review board for police action. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, always on um, uh, video cameras for police officers. Um, both in cars and on officers themselves. Um, I also think that um, public public reporting of um, police incidences is very important. Florida gets a bad rap for all the exposure they have on all of their policing, but it absolutely shines a light on what is done in the name of the community. And I think that you know the, the shining the light of day on what could be considered a problem and you know citizen review is absolutely the things that will make sure that trust 
is is a bond that only grows between um, the community and the police force. Donna Lind worked for Scotts Valley Police. She retired in 2006 as a sergeant. I asked Lind the same question. What does police reform mean to you? What would you push to change in local policing in your upcoming term? As, as you probably, and I know you know, I started with the police department. I spent 40 years with Scotts Valley Police Department. And I am really proud of our department. I think, well, I know we were ahead of our time. Our very first chief uh, back in 1967 started um, by telling all the officers there were no coffees, no free coffee, no discounted meals. Uh, he didn't, even though this was commonly offered and accepted by restaurants that wanted to support law enforcement, um, that has never been allowed by our department. And on top of that, he expected and told you he wanted everyone getting out of their cars, getting to know the business owners. He would quiz people and ask who owns Scarborough Lumber, who owns that? If you didn't know, you better know the next day. He also wanted us involved in the community. He started, um, well, and he would talk to everybody. I expect you all to treat everyone as though they were your father, mother, sister, brother. You treat with respect. If they become combative or things get to, you know out of hand, then you do the job. But you start with everyone with that respect. And he, and in a small community, you hear about it if someone doesn't. And now we call that community policing. Back then, there was no word for it. So our foundation has been from the beginning to be involved in the community, to be active in the community, to be involved in the schools. We, we still teach D.A.R.E. Not, you know, there's debates on whether D.A.R.E. prevents drug use. It's more than that. It's the relationship the officers de develop with those students. And they have discussions about cyberbullying and um, vaping and, and more things than that. And the relationships are really, you know, I've had kids go, oh, don't tell Officer Holman that I got in trouble. You know, they care about what that officer thinks. And it also gives them a safe place to talk about um, friends involved with drugs or someone who they're concerned about being depressed. They, they, um, we, we hand out trading cards and have for decades, handing out trading cards so that kids will come up and get safe, know they're safe talking to police officers. So many of the things that are being taught, the eight can't wait campaign, all of those eight things have been done in Scotts Valley for decades. We, we um, have taught de-escalation. We train officers. We've been training on uh, various programs like verbal judo and um, all types of de-escalation. Still, our, our city just went through a review of our police policies, and there are some areas, and we, we do this frequently. Every couple of years, we're looking at it. Where can we improve? And we're still, even though I'm very proud of all the things that we've been doing, I think we've been ahead. I know we've been ahead of, of our time. Um, we're still always looking at where we can, you know, be better and how we can be, um, you know, more inclusive. What are some programs, policies, or aspects that you, you've seen that you'd like to push to change um, or improve, continue to improve in your um, upcoming term? Well, I've, you know, when we, for instance, when I started, I was the first female in Scotts Valley and one of the first in the county. So, you know, there are those challenges, you know, from as far as the, the sexual portion of that. There were times I dealt with people saying, oh, I called for a police officer and I'd be, I'm in a uniform with a car, you know. But, you know, I, I knew back then that it was unusual. You learn to talk and, and to find ways to develop that trust. And I think the things that we've had to, you know, um, cut back on some things that I'd like us to be able to come, you know, get more involved. We had couldn't do our junior police academy this past year, which is really a, another way to have kids feel safe and develop those relationships. And, um, you know, we've, we've had, we've struggled to keep our DARE program going. We also used to have a, a civilian a services officer, CSO, that assisted with the juvenile program and the outreach, and also with some of the PR programs that we were, um, were doing in the past, but because of funding, haven't been able to do. So I would like to see us hopefully 
as we rebuild financially and become economically stronger, um, be able to get some of these programs, you know, more, uh, uh, you know, effectively being able to build on some of those things and return some of the programs that we've had to cut. Because this is a time that's even more important to have those connections in the community. I also, um, you know, like to see there's been a civilian academy others have done in the city of santa cruz and we have instead we have explorers which is great and we have um a citizen volunteer and i'd like to build on that so that our community has more opportunities to have hands-on and be actually involved jack dillis okay. um well to start off with um i did march um in both of the um Black Lives Matter uh, marches in Santa Cruz, and our whole council was participated in that first one, and some in the second one, um, because we know that there is a, clearly a, a national problem. Um, my perspective is I'm 100% pro-police, and when I say pro-police, I'm talking about our police department in Scotts Valley. We have some wonderful employees, they're hardworking, uh, the, as I mentioned earlier, the community really values public safety here. Um, so everything I, and, and in fact, we have a police chief now for the last few years, um, before anyone else in this county has been tracking the demographics, the, the, race, the, the race of anyone that gets stopped by our police. And when I asked to look at those numbers, they were close to the, the actual makeup of our community. So I was encouraged by that, that we have some sensitivity to who we're stopping and, and, and what's occurring. Um, so again, I, I value the police and at the same time, clearly we have a national problem and clearly that problem overlaps Scotts Valley as well. I don't see it in the actions of our police officers or any reason to think that they would. Um, our police chief did just as of last night, uh, introduce to the, the city council um, rules about use of force to expand on um, uh, unsuggested uh, use of force improvements that have been recommended by a whole host of organizations, uh, and also increase the training for our, all of our police staff to cover a variety of things that mostly deal with crisis of one kind or another, mental health and so forth. So those were very encouraging that we did that. Uh, I mentioned I'm 100% police, but I believe at the same time, it's appropriate not just for police, but for the entire city organization, perhaps we could have some kind of community conversation, a town hall, uh, maybe some kind of a committee uh, that, we've been, that our city council may have a role in, but really the makeup should be uh, the community and uh, particularly from people we're not used to hearing about. You know, we, there are folks that are part of everything and, and they're part of the, I'll call them the power brokers, and I mean that in a good and, and a cautious way. Um, but we need to hear from everyone else. Quick fact check. Santa Cruz Local got that data on the racial demographics of people stopped by Scotts Valley police. We submitted a public records request earlier this year. In the last five years of those people stopped, 2.3% were black. About 0.5% of Scotts Valley residents are black. About 1.5% of Santa Cruz County is black. We'll link to that data in the show notes and the transcript. Okay, Randy Johnson. Well, we, you know, one of the most important things that we tried to do with the social unrest and the events that have happened in the last six months, essentially, is that we've tried to ask the questions of how are we doing? You know, how are we doing as a city and our police department? And our chief of police uh, did do a full uh, review in terms of training, in terms of de-escalation, in terms of the mental health training and um, evaluations and, and the critical response that we have uh, with, that our police officers um, engage in. You know, I, I think it's totally important that we do our level best to kind of improve as a uh, entity, our police department, um, you know, I've run uh, on my past campaigns on three uh, kind of uh, ideas of public safety, infrastructure, and recreation for our youth. Um, and a big part of that, of course, is our police department. I think our people are happy with our police. They have a level of excellence. 
But I think the mantra that we're trying to do, Kara, is we can always do better. We can always improve. We can always keep asking the questions and make sure that we're the best that we can possibly be. Now for closing statements. John Lewis. Oh my gosh. I think term limits are a really good idea. 41 years old, I should not be the youngest person running for city council. Um, we asked our, our 16 year olds, our young workers to go out on the front lines of COVID. And, um, we asked them to put their lives on the line to try and drive the economy forward. Much in the same way, we lowered the conscription age from 21 to 18. I really think that we need to lower the voting age to 16 and give people a say who are impacted by the decisions that our politicians make. Um, I think that we should have uh, ranked choice voting. So we can find a way of saying that these are the people that I want to support, even though they might not win, but I still want my voice to be heard. Um, I think ranked choice voting is an, is an amazing option that lets people vote with their mind and vote with their heart at the same time while still being effective with their votes. Um, I would definitely petition the Scotts Valley, or sorry, uh, the Santa Cruz supervisors to be able to support ranked choice voting. And I think ranked choice voting should be used for every municipal position here in Scotts Valley. Um, I think uh, having a program to reach out to our youth and encourage them to be uh, civically minded and get them to volunteer in the day-to-day operations of local government will help get the opinions out there because I'm 41 and I'm the youngest person running for city council. I don't remember what it was like to be in high school. I mean, sure, everyone can say like, oh, I remember high school, but that's disingenuous. That was over 20 years ago for me and over 40 years ago for a lot of other people on the council. And we need the youth to be represented and we need to engage them because we make decisions that impact them based on, you know, the money that we spend on education, um, the money that we spend on public safety and the money that we spend on, on children's programs and getting data and information as close to the problem as we possibly can helps us improve and effectively spend that money. And then I would also encourage, um, the younger residents of Scotts Valley by engaging high school students through government classes and encouraging them to to take part in government because we need people to vote earlier and younger to represent their needs. Donna Lind. Well, on the questionnaire, I saw one on what you would do to advocate for insurance and um, after the fires. And there's really, first of all, as far as actually being effective, council doesn't have a lot of none of us would have much control over whether an insurance company, you know, decides to offer policies in Scotts Valley. But what we have been doing, and it's hard to put in that question here, so a good time. Uh, we with the Scotts Valley Fire, we have we have done educational programs on creating defensible space, and if people will trim branches, we have a chipping program that they'll bring out and chip it without very little or no cost. Um, We've done a few workshops with the county, with the Office of Emergency Services, with the fire marshal, with Bruce McPherson, and done community workshops to help people um, learn and how to protect themselves. The, um, the state insurance uh, superintendent, commissioner, I'm sorry, insurance commissioner, Ricardo Lara, just put out an email uh, talking about a forthcoming moratorium against non-renewal or cancellation of residential and property insurance policies. Um, I'm still looking at that, but I know that there's, we are working with the state, with League of California Cities to support uh, all of our residents. And I know there's also, um, the state has put out expedited claims, handling and billing grace period procedures. It all sounds good on paper. We're not getting the details yet, but we are speaking up. We're working, advocating as a county and through the California League to do all we can to support our, our uh, residents. And a lot of it is educating, helping them to um, develop defensible space. And that will also help being able to get that insurance. Donna Lind expands on this point in Santa Cruz Local's written questionnaire. You can read all the candidates' views on advocacy for residents' home insurance on our elections webpage, santacruzlocal.org elections. Jack Dillis, what else would you like voters to know? Um, just that I see Scotts Valley's future as outdoors oriented. And, um, you know, I mentioned uh, wanting out, more outdoor restaurants, more um, outdoors activities, uh, that we have so many outdoor activities already. I'd like to expand on that. And perhaps it could help us with economic development. 
Perhaps we could bring in uh, businesses that are more outdoors oriented. Maybe we could even have something that would attract tourists that could spend their dollars here and would be used at the same time by our, our local uh, residents. So that's a big part of what, you know, if you look down the line, I'd like to see us go more in that direction. Randy Johnson, what else would you like voters to know? I'm running for uh, re-election because I think our future, especially now, is going to bring many, many challenges, but also many, many opportunities. And things are cloudy right now, but I, but I think more than ever, experience is going to play a very large role in moving our city forward. And that's why I'm running for city council this year. Okay, let's summarize some of the key differences between the candidates. On housing, all of the candidates talked about the city's inclusionary law. Again, that's the law that requires projects of a certain size to offer 15% of units to people with low incomes, and that law only applies to part of the city. Jack Dillis said he'd like that law to apply to more parts of the city. John Lewis said he'd be open to increasing that requirement to 20%. Donna Lind said it's fine the way it is. So did Randy Johnson, except Johnson said he'd like to see more proposals for studios and one and two bedroom apartments. We've seen this debate play out in other cities. City staffers generally say that the inclusionary law is a balance. The law needs to force as many affordable units as possible, but at the same time, developers need to be able to build enough market rate units to make the project worthwhile. Okay, so on the issue of supporting local businesses, each of the candidates had different strategies. John Lewis said city leaders need to recruit and retain more businesses. Lewis also told me that Scotts Valley is having something like an identity crisis. I mean, those are my words, but he said, basically, is Scotts Valley a business hub or is it a bedroom community? He said the answer is both, but Scotts Valley is doing neither well. Jack Dillis said he'd like to keep outdoor restaurant seating and outdoor business operations along Scotts Valley Drive. Donna Lind said talk to the business owners, that's something she's been doing for a long time. And Randy Johnson said he'd advocate at higher levels of government for more support for local businesses. On school support, John Lewis suggested a school bond measure. He, though, seemed to be unaware of a school bond measure on the current ballot. Donna Lind said the city can fund school facilities that the public can use, but that's about it. Jack Dillis said the city council can't do much more except monitor potential COVID cases as schools reopen and be in contact with school district leaders. And Randy Johnson said he's supportive of increasing property taxes to help pay for school expenses. However, he understands that's not a city council decision. Santa Cruz Local has much more information on the Scotts Valley City Council race. Check out Santa Cruz Local's comprehensive elections page at santacruzlocal.org elections. And big announcement, we're going to have live candidate online forums. We'll have one for each city council race in the county, plus the County Board of Supervisors runoff. The Scotts Valley City Council Candidate Forum is Tuesday, October 6, 5 to 6 p.m. on Zoom. Register at santacruzlocal.org slash events. Santa Cruz Local's journalism is free for everybody, but our work costs money to produce. For example, this episode took months to produce. We did more than 50 interviews related to the Scotts Valley City Council race. Our work is supported by Santa Cruz local members. Our members make monthly or annual contributions. Those contributions start at $9 a month or $99 a year. Thank you to our more than 640 Santa Cruz local members. You make our work possible. 
Thank you especially to our Defender and Guardian level members. Leslie Connor, Deborah Seche, Jeff Gallipo, Sharon Padilla, Bud Colligan, Chris Necklison, Patrick Riley, Elizabeth and David Doolin, and the Kelly family. Thanks to Trimpot for the music. I'm Kara Myberg-Guzman. Thanks for listening to Santa Cruz Local. This Santa Cruz Local episode was sponsored by Santa Cruz Works, your connection to our area's thriving tech and business community. With over 5,000 members, Santa Cruz Works gives you access, the largest monthly tech events, solutions for your startups and businesses, connections to the hottest jobs, and the latest news about local companies, their stories and best practices. Subscribe free to the Santa Cruz Works weekly newsletter today, santacruzworks.org.